Welcome to the Spawn Chunks. This is episode number nine for Monday, October 1st. Oh my goodness, it's October 1st already, 2018. My name is Johnny, but the internet knows me as Pixel Riffs. And joining me as always is Joel Duggan. Hello, Joel. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, sir. How are you? Eh, not too bad. Not too bad. It's a bright and sunny day. Feels nice and productive. And boy, do we have a lot to cover in today's episode. Holy uh, smoke, I guess we do. We do, we do. But first, we may as well talk a little bit about what, aside from watching Minecon, has been going on in our Minecraft lives this week. Why don't you kick us off? I had a live stream on Friday. Uh, it was kind of like 5 p.m. my time, the end of the work week, and I thought, you know, I'm going to have some fun. So I logged into the Citadel and I started working on uh, more additions to the Inn on the Bridge, this build that I've been working on now for several weeks. And uh, I had a lot of people in the chat. It was a lot of fun. We had a record number of people logged into the Citadel at the same time. Mm. There's only about 10 or 12 members, and I would say maybe three of us are regulars. But there was like six people online oh, all while cool. I was streaming, which was kind of a funny happenstance. Yeah. So there were some shenanigans that happened. I was, you know, arrows were being shot at me while I was being, you know, I was building. <laughs> people love like, to oh, interfere they're... with a stream, don't they? They're always like, let me, let me take pot shots. Honestly, it's it's like it's like um, oh, what's why am I blanking when people pop up between like photo bombing, photo photo bombing. Wow, Jesus, yeah. it's <laughs> not yet noon on Monday, folks. Forgive me, uh, but yeah, like it's it's one of those things where like you you you've got this arrow that whizzes by, and you're like, oh, well, I wonder if there's a skeleton nearby, and you're like, wait a minute that arrow's on fire mm -hmm. hmm. yeah yeah i yep. wonder and then and then alistair sneaks up behind me and what what does he do he set up some fireworks like he was right behind me and all of a sudden, <laughs> he's like, oh, it's, it's funny how you get that like tunnel vision when you're playing minecraft as well you're so focused on what you're building and you're concentrating oh, yeah. on what you're doing especially when you're streaming because you've got like that extra center of the brain is being set off that you're thinking about what to say next and interacting yep. with the chat and then all of a sudden somebody's behind you that you didn't even notice it's it's funny how that that, that works out so how yeah. how is the inn looking these days i think it's uh, uh, good actually really coming i I added, uh, I changed out one of the windows from to to make a door, and I put the stairs on the outside. Or I had this, I had this conundrum where the stairs inside were were conflicting with things I wanted to do and how the build was looking. Mm -hmm. So I put the stairs on the outside, uh, which is it's a nice kind of fix for that because it allows me to put a, a nether portal on the inside on the first layer on the bridge, which changes it from being just an aesthetic build to an actual functioning destination. Mm -hmm. So now it, it's, a, it's, a, it's our farthest portal from our main, or sorry, it's our first portal from our main portal. So it's the first way that you can kind of get into the nether when you're that far away from the main portal. And uh, I'm really happy with it. I'm glad that I was able to squeeze it in. Came up with some pretty ingenious ways of hiding the nether portal and and putting in staircases and stuff. But really the, the, the thing that I'm most proud of is this quasi stained glass door main entrance to the inn where i've got a combination of redstone blocks and uh redstone lamps and the redstone blocks don't not only do they look like stained glass like red stained glass but they're powering the lamps so like it's this mesh of function and fashion that i was really proud of and yeah i i think i i tuned into the stream right as you were building that and i was like what is he doing with the redstone blocks in the build but then you've kind of got them concealed behind inverted stairs so there's just like a yep. little corner of the thing showing and yep. that really kind of sets it off as like a a kind of standout thing rather than just looking like you've just plonked down a redstone block they're not the most artful looking things in the world when they're just on their own but the way you've incorporated it into the design does look really nice 
Thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, the, the goal that I was trying to achieve was, and I don't know what this is called. You might be able to help me out with this because I feel like you see it a lot more in, say, like old English pubs. But do you know what I mean when I say like the thick block glass walls that would be in like a pub? Or yeah, where, where they've got the kind of iron lattices over them and stuff. There's like, yeah, there's, there's like, definitely it, stuff like that in, in Tudor and Mock Tudor kind of pubs. They've got that sort of, I think it might even be a Victorian thing to a certain extent yeah. as well. I lived in a house like, that had those. Oh, neat. Yeah, it's it's like they, it's like glass before it was possible to make it thin like we know it today. Mm -hmm. You know, like you could make glass, but it had to be four inches thick yeah. sort of idea. And that's what I was going for. And anyway, it, it it really kind of sets off the build. It gives it kind of like an entrance and a purpose. Uh, I'm still racking my brain about how to handle the other side of the building. But hey, the, you know, <laughs> one step at a time. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What have you been up to? Speaking of nether portals, uh, I have less artfully concealed my nether portal by making it 23 blocks high. Because <laughs> I, uh, I had this, this notion in my head for a while that, as I've mentioned previously, I'm working on a city that's inspired by San Francisco from Big Hero 6. It's got a lot of Japanese influences combined with a more modern coastal city like you might find in San Francisco. And... Right. Um, I actually live in a coastal city in the UK. I live in Brighton, which is kind of the San Francisco of the UK, except on a much smaller scale, because Britain is generally speaking on a much smaller scale than most of America. But uh, yeah, I decided I was going to build a sort of Japanese-inspired nether portal. And in Japan, they have these uh, gates that lead up to shrines that are called tori. I think I'm pronouncing that right. The lip flap kind of thing is a little difficult, the kind of tongue flap that they have in Japanese. But um, yeah, I... I I built one of these, and they're supposed to represent the connection between the mundane and the spiritual, which is why you always see them on the way up to shrines. And so mm. I thought it'd be fun to have a connection from the nether, where it's kind of hellish and there's, you know, nightmarish mobs and fire everywhere and stuff, to a mushroom island where there's literally no hostile mob spawnings aside from phantoms. Curse you phantoms for ruining my thematic consistency. And uh, yeah, I just built this entire gateway thing out in the, the bay, right by this mushroom island and so now i have a 23 block high by i think 21 block wide nether portal surrounded by this gateway that's all made out of red concrete and a little bit of gray concrete and it's kind of got pillars holding it up and i love it i designed it in creative mode a while ago and i've been kind of holding on to the design just in case replay mode came out and i could do some kind of sweeping camera angles and stuff of it but I just got impatient. My temporary nether portal was kind of ugly, just sat there in the middle of the island. I wanted to clear that out so I could move some more stuff around. And I thought, you know what, let's just go ahead and do it. So time lapse that. There's a video of it up on my YouTube channel. Really happy with it. Um, but I was not... I was not entirely happy with it because you can still see the obsidian around the inside of it. And so it's really obvious that the portal is inset there. And that would be something that I'd be fine to kind of compromise on. But then... A few weeks ago on Reddit, I came upon this post where somebody had noticed that you can place item frames on the inside of lit nether portals, and it doesn't switch the portal off or affect the portal's function in any way. In fact, even if you've got item frames lining the entire thing, you can still light it with a flint and steel and nothing goes wrong, nothing burns down, the portal still lights up. So they'd done that with maps, and they had like a world map kind of on the inside of their nether portal, kind of customizing it. And it looked really neat. So I thought what I would do was try and color match the inside of those red concrete blocks as closely as I could. And it turns out that Netherrack turns up that color on a map. So what I've done is I've flown out into the end where nobody is probably ever going to find this. Or if they do, they'll understand what it is and leave it alone. But I've built a 128 by 128 area of Netherrack 
just like above one of the end islands and it's probably casting a bit of a shadow but there's no light in the end and the only thing that spawns there is enderman so it's not going to cause any problems for people and so i have this giant red map now that i can just plaster onto the inside of my nether portal and it looks like there's no obsidian there at all and i'm really really proud of it nice and it, it's it's lucky that that netherrack is so easy to oh yes to mine so you can get a lot of it quite quickly the first thing i when i was trying to color match it i was doing this in creative because it would be ludicrous to do it in survival without knowing what i was doing beforehand the first block i came across that could do that was red nether brick and I went, there's no way I'm making 17,000 <laughs> red nope. nether brick blocks. Like, I don't I don't think I would ever make that much if I was building with the stuff, let alone just flattening a giant uh, kind of square. Well, and so, the next time you watch the, the Citadel, check out what my nether hub is made of and weep for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. lot of red nether brick. I, it was painful. I've worked with the stuff before, and it's a really nice block in the right kind of context. But yeah, just having this entire oh, yeah. flat sheet of it uh was was going to be intense in the end i went out to the end with i think 10 shulker boxes full of netherrack to do this um because yeah I, I tried it with regular nether brick and it produced the same color and so i said in the dv chat i'm going to be gathering as much nether brick as i possibly can if anyone wants to help me out i'm just building this giant map and then zloy god love the man said why don't you just build it out of netherrack and i hadn't thought that netherrack would produce the same color but i tried it in creative and it did and i was like okay well i can gather you know however many stacks that is of netherrack like five double chests of netherrack probably in an afternoon if i have an efficiency pickaxe i mend it a couple of times that was yep. fine and i even built most of it on live on stream i built maybe two-thirds of the the map just on stream because i wanted to do something kind of menial and straightforward so that we could unpack everything that happened at minecon earth this weekend so yesterday's stream was basically just let's just place netherrack for four hours and talk about minecon earth so I've had cool. a bit of a bit of a chance to crystallize my thoughts about Minecon Earth, and considering that's basically our news segment and our main topic, I figure we should just dive right into a discussion. What do you think? Well, I say let's let her let her rip. Mm. So, Minecon Earth happened this weekend. Minecon Earth being the live stream where Mojang announces, in theory, <laughs> announces what they're going to be doing with Minecraft for the for the next update for the kind of the, their their immediate plans for the future of Minecraft. And this was, was, am I right in thinking this was your first Minecon? At least the first one that you've actually attended kind of live? Uh, yes, I know I watched, I feel like I tried to tune in last year, but I was pre, perhaps not able to. Like it was probably on a weekend and I was not around or I had other things to do. So I was tuning in periodically. I know I watched it, but I feel like I watched it later. Yeah, when, uh, when you can kind of skip through stuff to be like, okay, when this, you can this skip through stuff. Thing, yeah. Yeah, because I, well, I remember seeing Will Arnett on stage. Mm -hmm. And I remember going, okay, do yeah. I really want to watch this? Mm -hmm. So like, I kind of had that feeling. And I kind of also knew that going into this. But this is the first time... Well, I mean, obviously, it's the first time that I've, I've tuned into it with the idea of covering it for a podcast. Like, really tuning in to pay attention. We really have... You know, we want to parse all this. We, you know, the, we, we have to know what's going on. So I was paying attention through the whole thing, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as best we could uh and so yeah it is for, for the lack of a better you know way to describe it it was my first real um viewing experience of a minecon earth and 
it, it was not what I was expecting. Yeah, that, I think that was pretty clear. And I'd, I'd kind of, I'd been to the Minecon Earth watch party last year and the stream was kind of similar in tone to that. So I guess like once everybody started coming out on stage and they were kind of doing these pieces to camera and stuff, I sort of knew what I was, what we were in for. But uh, yeah, I felt kind of bad that we tuned in and you were expecting something a little bit more like the news forward and then maybe we unpack bits and pieces of what all of this means and then... In the end, it ended up being more kind of like little individual presenter segments with some very upbeat YouTubers doing live mini games on stage. And after a while, it kind of becomes this is all great for, you know, the kids watching and stuff. But when are we going to get to the Minecraft, though? And that's yeah, that's exactly how I felt. And in hindsight, and especially not to not to downplay or slam any of the YouTubers up there. I think they all did a good job. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, we, I was kind of watching out of one eye. We, we would kind of turn down the stream and chat with the chat room on your live stream when we did the, the watch party this weekend. But when, when they were doing their thing, like it was obviously well put together. Like it was a stage show. It was done live. Like there, that's a lot of work that goes into that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. Where I was really disappointed is that these are people that, play minecraft a lot a lot of times they're making their living on youtube or other ways playing minecraft yet we didn't really get a lot of time to hear what they think of the announcements like i would have much preferred to hear uh i don't remember everybody's name so i'm going to use omg chad as an example because he's the only one that i really recognized mm -hmm. but like i would love to have heard omg chad sit on stage with a bunch of people after the minecraft announcements and the actual things that are coming and talk about it yeah and we didn't get that and i feel like those youtubers it was a real missed opportunity because they are probably some of the more analytical minds when it comes to the game because they spend so much time talking about it right and they're the ones who are going to be covering it in their own content and you know right. omg chad runs uh, basically a minecraft news channel it's kind of his thing yeah. and so while obviously that could maybe take a little bit away from the content he was going to present on his own it's still kind of you know, he, he's the kind of person you expect to formulate thoughts about this and have quick reactions and go, okay, well, I really like the look of that. And like, I'd love to hear more about this. Yeah. And yeah, it, it seems like a shame. They got a little bit of that done in the post show. And the post show was when um, we started to see uh, some more familiar faces for us. Uh, Stress Monster and Rendog were on the couch. And yeah, you kind of got a little bit of their thoughts. But again, it really just felt like the announcements all rushed in at the end and then nobody really had time to kind of sit down and talk about them on camera before it was just, you know, the post show is over now, let's move on to the developer panel. And the developer and, panel and was... it really was lopsided. Like, it was a two-hour stream, and there was, what, 20 minutes of announcements? Yeah, basically. Um, give or take a couple of things in the middle, which we'll get into in yes. a second. Um, Agreed. But yeah, then the developer panel was a little bit more my speed. It might have been a little bit dry, and I'm pretty sure a lot of the kids who were watching the stream tuned out at that point. Like, we, we were watching it on YouTube. It had maybe 45,000 viewers at its peak, and that definitely cut in half or maybe even like two thirds of the audience left before the developer panel came in. Cause they were like, this is just a bunch of people in suits sat around on stools talking about like the technical side of things and how to fix bugs. Yeah. But that part for me was kind of the more interesting thing because it was actual information for one thing, but also yeah. because it gave you a little bit of insight into their creative process. So I want to cover a few uh, elements of that later on, but let's actually get down to the points <laughs> that we want to cover today. Let's go through some of the things they announced um, for a start, we'll, we'll cover it kind of in the order that they announced things. So the first thing we really got was a look at a brand new Minecraft experience 
called Minecraft Dungeons. Now, previously, whenever Mojang has announced anything to do with Minecraft, it's always been like an update to the basic game itself, like the Java edition of Minecraft or the Bedrock edition of Minecraft, where you're going to be seeing those features appear in the games that we already have, the games that we already play. The exceptions to this may be being kind of, you know, extracurricular <laughs> activities, stuff like um, Minecraft Story Mode, the Telltale kind of adventure game, or things like the Minecraft movie that's been announced, but we haven't heard news from for a while, and um, books and things like Minecraft The Island, the kind of multimedia stuff that Minecraft branches out into. And this was a brand new video game experience that's got nothing to do with Java Minecraft. It's a dungeon crawler game that is a completely separate game. It's basically, uh, you, you kind of said this pretty pretty accurately, it's basically like Diablo set in Minecraft, right? Yeah. And Yeah, that's what it looks like to me. Yeah, it, it seems like there's going to be a class-based kind of character system. So there were people wielding hammers. There's yeah, kind of like a tank character who's got like an armor and a, a hammer. Um, there's people with like two daggers, kind of dual wielding. There's a kind of more classic warrior looking guy. And there's a mage with a staff. And you're looking at some of this stuff going like, none of this is in the regular Minecraft game. So they really plan on taking this in a different direction, but using a familiar art style. It's mm -hmm. a completely different game engine. So it's got different lighting and everything is rendered in like, it's the sort of classic blocky looking textures, but they're in higher definition and the lighting engine is so different. It's, got, it's looking like a lot more of a guided experience in terms of the world and everything. Like, you're going down into a dungeon, it's not going to have the same sort of problem with Minecraft worlds only being, like, 60 blocks deep from sea level to bedrock. You're going to be able to just go down and down into the world. Um, and it seems like it's going to be a multiplayer experience as well for up to four players. No word on whether that's, like, couch co-op or online. I would imagine a mixture of both. Well, they said coming to PC in 2019. Yeah. So... I would imagine online would be would be part on, of that. Online would probably be the focus because you don't see too many people doing kind of PC couch co-op sort of stuff. But then again, people have all kinds of gaming setups in their homes, so yeah, who knows? Yeah, yeah. But um, I also hope it's not first person. Like I, I hope it's a top down. That's a, another thing. Really, we only really saw what looked like just either promotional animation or like an intro animation for it. Uh, yeah, it was all kind of stuff. yeah pre-rendered, so there wasn't any gameplay footage, and it said yeah coming to PC in 2019. I'm going to assume late 2019, considering that we're already in late 2018, and they're not showing us any gameplay. I expect yeah. it's probably a an experience that they still plan to work on and playtest and refine. In fact, um, Mark Watson from the Mojang team, who is a listener of the Spawn Chunks, so hi Mark, if you're listening, thank you for stopping in. Uh, popped into my stream chat the other day to said he'd been like he'd been able to play test it and it was really fun he didn't say anything more than that he wasn't kind of giving away anything yeah he's very tight-lipped about the whole thing of course well i imagine they probably have to be of course yeah 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 but uh, uh he said he ever, said it was fun have you ever played a dungeon crawler they're not really my genre i've never really kind of delved into that kind of thing and i think that probably the closest thing i've think i've played to it was like the campaigns in warcraft 3 where you're kind of like you're in control of a hero but you've got additional right. units and stuff yeah, around yeah, you yeah. but yeah i i wasn't a diablo gamer at all i kind of skipped over that and was playing more the the rts blizzard games and yeah aside from like the occasional kind of hack and slash game on the early playstations i never really played stuff like that how about you Are you were you a diablo player uh, Diablo 3. I'm not a long-time Diablo player. I came into... My introduction to that kind of world was World of Warcraft, and then I started playing other Blizzard games from WoW. And Diablo 3 was something that I played um, quite a bit. I ended up burning out on it just because I found that the the gameplay itself was very repetitive. Mm -hmm. uh, 
visually it's always something new like there's always a new monster the dungeons are procedurally generated so every even if you go into the same level again it's reorganized so when you went left the first time we were here you have to go right this time like so that kind of stuff keeps it fresh um, and as you get more powerful there is some satisfaction to coming back to the monsters that owned you the first time you were here and you're just basically like you know i was a monk so i'd stamp my foot and like stuff would just explode <laughs> and it was like it was very satisfying as you as you level up you got more and more um uh, uh, powerful which is really cool yeah however Another game that I played, which I think you would like, it's called Torchlight. And there is a Torchlight 2, which I didn't actually get a chance to play. But uh, Torchlight itself, it's basically Diablo. It's some previous Diablo developers that left and started their own thing at Runic Games. And Torchlight is like a cartoony Diablo. Right. So okay. there's still demons and, and some cartoony violence and, you know, zombies and blood and guts and stuff like that. But it's not, it's not like real, it's not realistic. They're not, they're very cartoony people, big mm -hmm. heads. Your sword is like three times the size of your body, like <laughs> stuff like that. Sounds uh, like my kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And then also on top of that, the, the animations of the fighting is also over the top. So like when you're a barbarian or whatever they call the, the, the main like hulky guy mm -hmm. and you run in and you swing your giant sword and hit the ground, like the whole camera shakes. Like it's, it's just, it's over the top. It's like watching a Warner brothers, um, a dungeon crawler mm -hmm. and so that is what i thought of when i when i saw the kind of art style you know that they're probably going to go with with uh with minecraft dungeons and i really enjoyed that and even though it had the same repetitive gameplay issue as diablo for me uh something that kept me going that kept me going around every corner was that i just wanted to see what kind of crazy new sword could I get? What kind of crazy armor? How many spikes can I get on this guy before it starts to look like a porcupine? Nice. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of visual reward is the kind of thing I think we could get from, from Minecraft Dungeons, especially because you have a huge player base that's very familiar with Minecraft and how it looks. And then you say, ooh, how are they going to handle this? How is this going to look? when it becomes a dungeon crawler. And yeah. I think that what's around every corner is going to be a real, holy crap, I just played Minecraft Dungeons for three hours. Where did that time go? <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> like sure. a, I think that's going to be a real thing. Like, um, something yeah. that I find... Sorry, go ahead. No, I, the thing I... The flip side of that for me is I'm not sure if this is necessarily going to bring a player base into Minecraft that wasn't already part of the community. Like, I don't really know if I would pick this out to play if I wasn't already into Minecraft in some way. Like, mm -hmm. speaking as somebody who plays Minecraft on YouTube, absolutely I'll give this a shot because, you know, Minecraft is such a big part of my life and having, like, a different Minecraft experience is always kind of something that's worth investigating. But, yeah, if I was coming from outside of Minecraft looking at a game like this, I wouldn't necessarily think, okay, yeah, I'll give that a shot. That looks kind of cool. The art style is kind of funky or whatever. I think I'd be like, oh, okay, I've seen Minecraft peripherally because who hasn't seen Minecraft in the gaming sort of space at this point mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. uh, i don't know if that would put me off as somebody who's who's new but considering that the minecraft player base is already like 91 million users monthly i think they've probably got a fairly safe bet that they're going to get some interest in this game anyway and i think one of the things that could potentially happen and this is just pure speculation is that i saw some really interesting mobs enemies and bosses mm. in this in this trailer even if some things that they hinted at were just big monsters i'm wondering if potentially by player demand mine uh, moyang ends up having this minecraft dungeons be kind of like a like a um a feet like a feeder pool like a, a like a development pool of a like testing ground huh. yeah testing ground like huh that pharaoh skeleton boss 
really got a lot of love from the players. I wonder if we could put him in the main Minecraft. You know, like yeah. it, it, even if it's a of a, 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 a very similar to a wither fight, but like just it's just to have something different. You just know, just to stick have him, stick him in the bottom of a desert temple somewhere, like yeah, un- underneath like that, the layer of TNT. <laughs> yeah, like stuff stuff like that. I'm I'm curious as to whether any of the uh, development from the Minecraft Dungeons is then going to down the line. Obviously, we're talking, you know, a long time in the future could influence uh, Minecraft proper. Uh, I also think that given the lulls that we do see sometimes in in Minecraft play when there's uh, a long pause between updates where the player base starts to fall off for Mojang to have another property where they can say, oh, well, I've been playing the new edition of Minecraft for like six or eight months now. I'm kind of getting burned out on it. Oh, hey, look, I could play Minecraft Dungeons. That's new, but mm-hmm. still Minecraft. You know, and you kind of fulfill that Minecraft itch, but then you're you're getting a completely different game experience, which I think is it's cool. It's it's smart and fun. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Just the fact that they plan on introducing different enemy types and stuff unique to this game is interesting to me. It's it's yes. gonna be like a, a look at potentially what might be out there in Minecraft. It's kind of gonna add to the the potential for it. But then I do see a bit of backlash from the java and bedrock communities who aren't necessarily going to pick up this game but they're like well why are you giving these guys all of the new stuff and we just get these incremental updates that only happen every six months then again minecraft proper the core minecraft experience has such a a long game plan like they don't ever plan to stop updating this game so Mm -hmm. while dungeons might come out and maybe have like a little bit of dlc or something it might have expansions to it later but the core game is going to be something that's very polished and i imagine wouldn't see that many updates after its full release so while this is going to be kind of like a short and sweet experience as far as development goes, Minecraft is still playing the long game and stuff that appears in dungeons at first might end up making its way into the core Minecraft experience a little way down the line. Dungeons is also one of several projects they reportedly have in the works. So they are planning on bringing other game experiences into the Minecraft brand. And what form that takes, we got absolutely no hints. They just said this is one of a few different games they have in development and these are internal moyang teams as well this is an interesting point here is this is not being developed by an outside studio in the same way that the telltale story mode games were and telltale was already so established with that format of storytelling it made sense but the fact that it's actually being developed in-house with moyang is quite exciting to me it means that they're not kind of you know trusting the brand to somebody else and then potentially going to come back with something that doesn't quite feel like minecraft they're so so keen on attention to detail and preserving the feel of Minecraft, I imagine that's going to be really integral to how Dungeons feels. My 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 final question here, and one that I want people to ponder at home, is if this is going to be a hack and slash kind of thing, it's got Minecraft-style combat in it, great. Is there going to be any of the building element of Minecraft involved? Like, is it going to be like the Lego games where you have to gather a few blocks from here and there and then be able to build a staircase to exit a room while you're being mm. attacked by enemies? Or... Is it just going to be a kind of everything is a preset thing? There's nothing that you can change about the environment. To me, that doesn't quite feel like Minecraft, but I'm a builder. I'm somebody who likes to modify the environment around me all the time when I play Minecraft. That's the whole reason the game exists for me and why I continue to play it. So yeah, not being able to do that in this experience is kind of strange. There's a platformer that did that and I'm struggling to remember the name of it. If anybody out there listening um knows it and can write us at the spawn chunks at gmail.com to let me know uh because it, i just i'm remembering 
blocks being magically lifted and then reassembled into a bridge over a, over a pit or, you know, yeah. something. And I don't, I don't think it's a Lego game that I'm remembering. It could be, but I, I feel like it was a platformer and it was a non, like it was a new IP. It was its own thing. It wasn't like a, you know, Lego or Minecraft or whatever. Um, but yeah, like I'm struggling to remember the name of it. So if anybody out there knows, let me, let me know. One thing it'd be really interesting to see in dungeons, maybe even as like an additional thing, they don't, if they don't plan this as part of the, the main experience is, do you remember back in the day of like, maybe like the Tony Hawk skateboarding games? I don't know if you played any of those, but using them as an example here, there was like a skate park creator in there where you could make your own little park. I wonder if right. there might potentially be cause for like a creative mode aspect to dungeons where you could design your own dungeon and maybe share them online as DLC for other, other players. Like you could potentially open yeah. it out to the com the creative side of the community who aren't necessarily going to like play the hack and slash elements super long because they want to go back to building stuff. If you mm -hmm. could have like a dungeon creation mode, that would really open things out. That would definitely prolong the shelf life of it for sure because yeah. instead of just like Mojang having to produce the dungeons as DLC getting the players involved with stuff like that might really have some scope for, you know, prolonging the life the, the, the lifespan of the game. Yeah, no, for sure. That would be, that would be really cool. I mean, I would be on board with like, I mean, basically it's like building a video game without having to really develop all the art assets. Like if mm. everything was just available for you or you could put blocks and doors and, you know, all that kind of stuff in there, that'd be, that'd be really cool. I'm, I'm also really cool. fairly, fairly confident that the modded Minecraft community is going to find a way of putting the dungeons experience into Java Minecraft at some point. Oh yeah. <laughs> They're just yeah. going to be well, like, we are going to take all of this and put it on the Hypixel server so you guys can yeah. play it, <laughs> you know? And let's not forget all the inspiration. Like if you go and you play Minecraft dungeons, I mean, you see something in there, whether it's a building or a bridge or a boss or, or a mob or something, and it's going to inspire you to then go into Minecraft, you know, um, proper and and actually build it for yourself or your your version of it uh whether that's just uh, you know an art homage or whether that's an actual functioning map like all that kind of stuff could be very very cool for sure and if it inspires the java and bedrock minecraft communities to build more cool stuff then so much the better i feel like it's doing a good job so yeah overall pretty excited about that not exactly feeling threatened about the future of minecraft from that i think no. it's uh, it's it's looking pretty good um so let's move on to obviously the main announcement that happened right at the end of the stream was the announcement of 1.14 question mark i'm not entirely <laughs> sure because they didn't really include version numbers anywhere and there's a little bit of confusion in the community because they yeah. talked about basically a main update which they introduced first called the village and pillage update the details of which we'll get to in a moment but then they also announced there's going to be a smaller kind of micro update that's going to arrive around the holidays that will include a couple of smaller features but features which have quite significant ramifications for how we're going to play the game so mm -hmm. let's tackle it in the order they announced it so the next major titled update to the game is going to be the village and pillage update and as the name suggests it has a lot to do with villagers villagers are going to get biome specific outfits now so you will have a different outfit for a villager who spawns in a tiger biome than one that spawns in a desert biome they're going to look like they come from those individual places it's almost going to be kind of like a a tribalistic aspect to villages um yeah. the villages themselves are getting completely redesigned structures they're keeping the same basic format of like smallish buildings nothing that's going to be like over detailed and intimidate the player just an interesting template for what they're going to be able to build 
and the villagers are going to sort of live in and around these houses like they do currently. Um, but the, the sandstone village that they showed off, the desert village, actually looked really interesting. There were a couple of new blocks in there. There were sandstone walls. A couple of eagle-eyed people spotted that there were sandstone walls and smooth sandstone stairs and slabs. So we already have different block variants being shown off that weren't really touched on kind of like in the presentation as a detail. They weren't like, oh yeah, we've got these new sandstone blocks and stuff. Because I like to think they leave that stuff for the screenshots for people to kind of go back and analyze as almost like an easter egg kind of thing for people mm. to spot so they weren't exactly like explicit about oh yeah because of these villages existing we've added these new building blocks they were just kind of there if you wanted to spot them but there were some houses that looked like kind of adobe houses and stuff they kind of had the studs in the walls where the kind of support beams would go and things and it looked yeah, like they've flat roofs instead of pitch roofs because exactly. there's no rain in the desert that's yeah. yeah yeah they've, they've actually put some some significant thought into making these things look still basic but at least appropriate for their environment they also had a set of villagers that were standing around in a jungle and had jungle related outfits which implies that there are going to be jungle villages at some point but we didn't get to see a screenshot of a village in a jungle so we don't know for right. sure if that's going to be just you know, if you happen to be breeding villagers in that biome, they would spawn with different outfits because they appeared in a jungle. Mm -hmm. My, it, it could also just be that the art assets aren't ready yet. Yeah, you know, totally. Not, yeah, ready. they haven't quite fixed on the, uh, the the designs for that. My my question mm -hmm. about it is that this is also going to be part of a an, an AI update to villagers. They're going to have routines that are more appropriate for their professions. I mean, in the in the mm -hmm. current game, you already have farmers going out and working the fields, but I mean, the Fletchers and the Shepherds also do that. Whereas, you know, if there is a shepherd in a village, maybe they might actually wander around kind of with any sheep that were nearby. Maybe we might see the fisherman villager actually go out and try to fish. Maybe mm -hmm. the priest villager will hang out more in the church. Maybe the librarian villager is going to be hanging out in the library and they're going to have more kind of like daily routines. They might even have meetings and stuff like that. So villagers are getting a little bit smarter, still probably not able to defend themselves, but smarter. And the thing that interests me then is that if we're going to have villagers with a bunch of different outfits, is there going to be any like friction between the different types of villagers? Like if a if you end up with a, a villager from a tiger and a villager from a jungle, are they not going to want to breed with each other if you bring them together for a villager breeder? Are they going to stay kind of like specific to their tribes or and if you can breed them together? how does the baby come out <laughs> you know is it going to be like sheep where the two outfits combine or they come out as like one tribe or the other i don't know if it's I, going to go into that kind of detail but i would imagine they're not going to discourage because of the way that moyang responsibly handles handles things like endangered species and the mm -hmm. environment i would imagine from tribe to tribe it's just going to be fine you can yeah, breed sure. them together and i would think that it would just be a random toss is like well if you've got a jungle villager and a plains villager the baby is going to be just one or the other. It's a 50-50 shot. Mm -hmm. Just roll the dice and see what you get. Same way with, you know, with the profession that comes out when two villagers breed. You know, like you just it's it's a it's just a roll of the dice as to whether you get a nitwit or a cartographer or a librarian or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, did they mention that they're giving any new professions or they're just simply adding outfits to signify the existing professions it seems to just be the existing professions as far as okay. we know uh there's potential for them to add another villager if they feel like a profession is missing uh right. and obviously this would be the update in which to do it because they've got you know all of the village stuff changing to begin with but yep. um I, I follow simply sark on twitter and he was doing the maths with that with how many variants of villages there were and 
if you consider there are probably eight different biomes I think were shown and you've got yep. like 10 different villages to update all with unique costumes there's like 200 plus different villages now if you look at it that way so there is already right. quite a lot going on there without the addition of yet another villager to add like another full set of stuff not to yeah. mention babies and then zombie variants of villages as yeah. well there's a there's a lot well, to cover yeah, but you're talking about different looking villagers. Like there'd still only be the same number of professions. I'm not even sure how many professions there are, but like there'd be whatever it is, like eight or ten or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. whatever that number is. You're not, you're not like there's not the librarian from a jungle is still going to be offering you the same kind of trades as a librarian from a plains biome. From that, what from what I understand, that would be um, interesting are, though if there were biome like tribe specific trades. Like if the a villager from a tiger yeah. only traded you like salmon would instead of yeah. cod or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that could be interesting too. I they said they did say that they were going to overhaul villager trading. They that's all they said. They didn't get into any other detail. Yeah. Which is good because I I don't necessarily think that it's broken. I also don't necessarily think that it's useful. Yeah, it's there not, are not a, the best system right now. No, people just go through, they go through the villager trades until you have a good mending villager, maybe some infinity and unbreaking or what's another one that I'm thinking of? Like just, there's just a handful that you want. And then after that, you're kind of done. Yeah. You, know, you don't, um, you know, I feel like so many of the existing villagers are just fodder until you get a couple of the ones that you want. And it would be really nice if in this overhaul, the villagers for like, say a blacksmith actually had something that you would want, you mm -hmm. know, like a, a diamond chest plate that would be either enchanted or, you know, something you actually would save you time, money and energy, you know, to in the game to purchase. And it's fine if they're expensive. I don't mind if it costs me, you know, a lot of emeralds for a really fancy chest plate. But right now, once you've got a diamond chest plate, the blacksmith that offers you an enchanted iron chest plate is useless. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's just, there's just no point to even keeping them around. It's just a waste of space. So if they overhauled the trading system to actually have some uses, you know, be able to get a bunch of different seeds or, or other things that you could potentially use, you know, to build with or, or, you know, protect yourself with or things like that. Uh, I think that could be a, a good, a real addition to the game that would change I don't want to say necessarily the way that people play, but it would certainly change the approach to villagers, you know? Yeah, making villagers possessing unique items, the kind of things that you couldn't just dig up out of the ground or find randomly. I mean, gating stuff just behind finding a village does limit things to, you know, the, the way certain players might want to play. They might not want to interact with villagers at all. So you mm -hmm. run the risk of, like, making that stuff difficult for people if they want to find stuff another way but it's yeah it, it's got it's got potential i'm interested to see how trading gets overhauled i'm also interested from a technical standpoint to see if changes to villager ai break things like iron farms because i imagine they wouldn't because right now the iron golem only spawns if there are a certain number of villagers and a certain number of doors in the area and it just calculates mm. whether or not there is an overpopulated village and they need protecting and a golem spawns so they can very well leave that part of the code alone it's whether or not they do whether they feel like that is a system that also needs an overhaul along with the rest of the villager stuff yeah yeah and with the added uh pillagers 
how does an iron golem factor into all of that? Like, yes. there's, there's, there are, there are some other changes that are like, at first you think, yeah, no, they'll leave that alone. But th- when you think about the other things that are coming, you're like, Ooh, maybe they won't leave that alone. Yes. Pillagers are going to be a new breed of hostile mob. And in fact, they're kind of similar to illagers to the extent that I keep writing illager or saying illager. And I'm like, wait, no, they're called pillagers. They're like a separate thing. Uh, yeah. They are the kind of similar. They're the sort of gray faced variants of villagers but these ones roam in packs, they raid villages, and they bring a beast with them. And the the beast is the most exciting aspect of this whole update for me, just because they're so different to stuff we've got before. They're kind of like a cross between, like, I guess, a, a bull and a rhino of sorts. They've got the big villager face as well. They've got, like, the long nose and everything. Like the weird nose, yeah. yeah. It, it, look, it looks it looks like a, a villager and a cow had, like, a weird, <laughs> it's, it's weird strange, offspring. Yeah, strange offspring. But then... Yeah, they've they've got horns and they make a noise that's like an even lower rumble than like a zombie villager. This kind of like noise, and obviously the noises might the sounds might just be placeholders right now. We don't know for certain, but um, these beast things look really cool. They roam in packs with the 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 pillagers, just one beast per group. It seems like, and they will trample crops. They charge at villagers, and they have a kind of almost boxing glove style like spring loaded head. They're like they'll ram the villagers and and kill them almost instantly from what i saw in the uh the kind of little showcase video they look like they're saddled so there might be potential to ride them although i don't know if it's going to be possible to tame them if you get rid of all of the pillagers around or if they're just going to remain hostile and the only thing you can do is take them down Mm -hmm. pillagers also have crossbows which they fight with and Crossbows are not going to be unique to this mob. They're going to be craftable for players and they're not going to replace bows entirely. They're just going to be a new alternative for ranged combat. From what I understand, they've got unique enchantments. So uh, the crossbow would have a longer loading time than it would take to knock an arrow and fire it with a bow in exchange for a more powerful shot. And I think further travel for the arrow as well. So the arrows are actually going to be more kind of powerful and longer range. Um, but the the enchantments they've revealed are that there's going to be like a quick reload enchantment. There's going to be a triple shot, so one that fires three arrows in a kind of horizontal spread. Uh, and everybody who's played Dead Space before, when there's kind of like the horizontal spread of things uh, in, in the weapons in that, kind of <laughs> sees the, uh, the value of that for killing zombies. Um, there's going to be a third enchantment, which they haven't revealed yet, but in the promotional kind of little video they had for crossbows, we did see one shooting a firework. And I'm right. not certain if that's part of the enchant or if that's just going to be an additional ability the crossbows have. But one does fire a firework. And the community has asked for explosive arrows in the past. So I wonder if a firework fired from a crossbow is going to have that kind of functionality. Either way, right. it's, going they, to, it's going to make gunpowder farms like way more in demand if that's the kind of thing you can do with crossbows. Yeah, I mean, they showed it shooting into the air and blasting. I think it was a creeper face. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't hit anything. Like they didn't show what what may or may not happen if yes. that went into a block. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's... that's that, I never thought about that actually, an explosive arrow. Uh, I'm curious about what... Uh, enchantments will not be able to go on a crossbow, for yeah. example, in infinity. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, if you, I mean, if you're not careful, and I'm sure they have been, um, the crossbow is just going to replace the bow and arrow. Like, yes, I mean, if, totally. if there's if there's no, if it's more powerful, if it's got longer range, if you can have a couple of cool enchants on it, if it's craftable, 
then you're kind of just, you know, you're kind of leaving the bow in the dust. However, if you cannot have infinity on it, uh, early game, it sounds like a bow is still going to be better because it's probably going to be cheaper to make. Yeah. It's going to be faster to shoot. Like it's going to be the early game weapon for sure. Uh, once you can craft a crossbow, then it sounds like it would make more sense to move to that if you're a sure enough shot that you don't have to reload quickly and stuff like that. So pre-enchants, a crossbow is going to have some limitations. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I, I think it's really cool. I'm surprised that a crossbow hasn't been in the game already just because of bow and arrow, um, sword. You know, yeah, it I'm, kind of fits with the, the, cross- the time period yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it was just a different model, like, you know, for example, if it, you know, if the, if the, the bolt, if the crossbow in the game just happened to have a larger quiver, you mm-hmm. know, you can carry more bolts to it, something like that. No functionality difference, just just a different visual thing for just a, a fun personal player thing. I'm kind of surprised, but because of the middle, medieval kind of weaponry, you'd think that a crossbow would would have been in there sooner. Yeah, uh, I, however, really appreciate because I don't PvP, but I know it's a huge part of the game. And adding a new weapon to Minecraft, while all the survival players are just like, yeah, sure, that's more weapons. I, all the the people at Mojang that balance the PvP must be like, oh, this is not an easy thing. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's <laughs> the know? new meta going to be? And like, how can we yeah. balance those things? I think it's going to be interesting because if crossbows are more powerful, there's a chance that they won't be affected by power enchants because making them just way OP. Like a power five right. bow, if you add flame in there as well, can more or less one-shot most things. So yes. um, making crossbows, like in addition, more powerful than that will probably make them too powerful. So I'd expect right. that you leave power enchantments off in much the same way that like you only get the impaling enchantment on a trident so it can only affect certain types of mobs rather than having sharpness right. which would affect everything right yeah um you could also you could also put something where a uh, crossbow would be more effective on nether mobs but not against overworld mobs yeah exactly there's there's opportunity for that it, it would be easy to crossbow say like a spider but then it wouldn't work so well on a zombie or a skeleton or something like that there's, yeah they can kind of section it off uh, per per mob and um yeah, I, it's going to be interesting to see what the crafting recipe for these is because the next update, the, the one we're actually getting sooner, this is where things get a little bit confusing, rolling back a little bit, uh, there's an update that's going to arrive around the holidays of this year. So we're a couple of months out from this update. And this is where the version numbers might get confusing as well because I feel like this update could just as easily be like 1.13. X, you know, whatever we are yep. next. It could be 1.13.2 or 3 or something. It doesn't feel big enough to make into its own unique, like, release version. Um, but we are going to get bamboo, which was what I was thinking might potentially be used in the crossbow crafting recipe. So you can either hunt down the illagers, uh, pillagers, again, I'm doing it again. <laughs> you can, <laughs> can hunt, hunt down the pillagers and get a crossbow from them, or you can go hunting, find a jungle where bamboo is now going to spawn and use that in the crafting recipe. But yes, bamboo is going to have two uses. The first of which is going to be making scaffolding, which is, as far as I'm concerned, one of the more exciting things about this announcement because scaffolding is something players have asked for for the longest time because obviously right now your your options for building anything large in Minecraft are to kind of pillar upwards with a block or dirt or just, you know, build from the ground up in layers and 3d print your structure (laughs) so Mm -hmm. it can get a little tiring and there have been scaffolding mods in the game for a little while 
and Mojang is finally implementing their own types of scaffolding. And from what I understand, using bamboo for scaffolding is pretty realistic in other parts of the world. Um, I have a, a friend who lives in the Philippines and says that, yeah, the scaffolding uh, gets gets made out of bamboo there because it's quite resilient. And um, scaffolding is apparently going to be able to be climbed quickly and easily collected. If you build a pillar out of scaffolding, if you break the bottom block, the whole thing will break and you'll be able to collect it all. Think chorus fruit or cactus or sugarcane in larger kind of nice. towers. And that's yeah. how you're going to be able to collect it back up again. We didn't see any images of this in action or any video footage of it in action. So we have no idea what it's going to look like yet, quite how usable it is. But chances are, if they're still planning on releasing development snapshots for these features, we could be looking at using these as early as next week. <laughs> you know, there could potentially yeah. be like scope for that to, to come up, at least in the next month or so, we might start to see usable scaffolding in development snapshots, which I don't something, know. Something just popped into my brain. What do you think the crafting recipe for scaffolding looks like? I mean, bamboo, obviously, but is it bamboo and planks? Is it bamboo and iron? I'm imagining it being bamboo solely but in the shape of a ladder crafting recipe mm. and, and just having mm -hmm. kind of like the, the h sort of shape and that's the, the thing i wanted to bring up about scaffolding does that now make ladders obsolete because apparently you're going to be able to climb scaffolding faster than basically anything else so well my my thought would be that scaffolding would be a block yeah. Whereas a ladder would be something that would go within a block. Yeah. So, so if it, you've got a, if you go to one by one hole and your ladder goes up the middle of it, then you can climb up it. But if you have a one by one hole and you've got scaffolding in it, you probably can't climb up the middle of the scaffolding. Yeah. But I'm then, assuming you probably climb up the outside. But then what's to stop you making the hole one by two? Obviously, you know, the, there are certain circumstances in which both right. could apply. But if it's going to be a faster way up and down, I'm wondering how many people will start to build stuff with scaffolding in mind and then like stop using ladders for transport purposes in their base, at least in the early days. It depends on the scarcity of bamboo, I suppose. You are going to need to yeah. go into jungles to get it, which makes it much less accessible early game unless you've got a nice close-by jungle. Jungles can be quite difficult to find in general. Yeah, also raises the question, can you... Uh grow bamboo like can you when you collect yes. bamboo can you then plant it in a specific either a specific biome or a specific situation like you know near water similar to sugarcane etc uh can you harvest it can that be automated like you know is there, there's a number of questions that they obviously didn't address and also but how I, are we going to be able to distinguish it from sugarcane which already to me looks like bamboo and is used yeah, as a kind I, of bamboo I took thing. a closer look i took a closer look and and it's a little bit weird for me because i actually have a vanilla tweaks texture pack on my sugarcane that makes it 3d like right. it makes it a, yeah, a, a yeah. block looking thing rather than a flat uh plane and it looks to me that it's not quite as thick as a fence post, but bamboo looks a lot thicker. Yeah, it's actually uh, a, a block sort of pixels are taken up there instead of just being a flat entity texture yeah. like sugarcane is. Yeah, no, it looks like it has a lot more substance. Oh, however, it's hard to tell in the video because I'm assuming they were in spectator mode. So I don't know whether bamboo blocks your path or whether you can walk through it like you can sugarcane. I think uh, in the footage I saw, they were walking through it, but I think they were trying to dodge around it a little bit. So it may yeah. make things difficult to navigate. You might have to kind of hack your way through it in order to, yeah. I'm to fine get anywhere. With that. Like I just, the other thing that, you know, as far as scaffolding goes, uh, I mean, it, it could replace some ladders, but you know what? I think a lot of people are already replacing long ladders with bubble columns yeah, to, just because it, it's just that much faster, that's, right? I that's mean, I, absolutely fair, yeah. One um, of the mods that I've seen in, in many, many YouTube videos is faster ladders. You know, mm -hmm. it's just because it just saves you that little bit of time. Yeah. And I'm I'm interested to see also if scaffolding has any kind of like 
aesthetic qualities that could be incorporated into builds like you don't have oh, to yeah. just use it as as a means to get up and down if it's kind of got a, a semi-transparent texture but maybe kind of like a cross-braced thing that could that could be useful for so many builds and maybe oh, absolutely bamboo could even end up as its own block like there are i think there are already bamboo blocks or sugarcane blocks in mods like quark which have like yep. you, you can get that kind of like reed wall effect and yep. it would be really interesting to see bamboo used for that. However, bamboo does have another use, which is to feed pandas. So <laughs> the first thing they said immediately after they were like, we've introduced bamboo in the game. Everyone's like, you've added pandas, right? They were like, yep, we've added pandas. <laughs> and <laughs> apparently this was uh, the landslide winner of a vote by the Chinese Minecraft player base to include an animal that was more familiar to China. And of course you know giant pandas are basically the national treasure of china so yep. they went out to china uh, they took recording equipment and they recorded the live sounds of pandas so that they could have the most authentic kind of sounds possible uh and they recorded these kind of giant pandas in a in a zoo there and or maybe not in a zoo but in a kind of preserved habitat shall we say yeah. And um, yeah, so pandas are going to be added to the game. Uh, the baby ones are going to sneeze, like that one video of the sneezing panda, <laughs> which is frankly nice. rather adorable. They're also going to have different personality traits. And they were talking about them as if you could kind of take one home and own it as a pet. I don't know if taming them is going to be a possibility yet or if they're just kind of going to be, they'll be around, you know, feed them a little bit, bit of bamboo and they'll follow you, but they're not going to be like following you everywhere mm. the way that dogs do when you tame them. Um, but there are going to what be. What if it's something like Dolphin's Grace? You know, like if you're if bamboo takes a long time to hack down, but if you befriend a panda, then your bamboo harvesting becomes faster. <laughs> you become the bamboo lord. I like yeah. it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, no, the uh, the the pandas are going to have different sort of moods. There are going to be playful ones. There are going to be lazy ones that just kind of hang around and don't move very much. There are also going to be aggressive ones. They showed in the video one that had red eyes. And presumably, like, if you hurt any of the pandas, then those are the ones that are going to come for you and maul your face. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see maybe how they, again, we've talked about this in the past, how they balance the environmental protection aspect with, you know, the need to acquire resources and players' natural yeah. instinct to just hit anything that they see with a sword. Some people are just destructive like that. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the pandas tend to defend themselves. Yeah, or if they disappear, if you remove all of the bamboo from the area, if the pandas just, you know, they need it to survive. And, yeah. you know, like, if you remove all the bamboo, then you lose your pandas. Like, I think that's a, that's an interesting idea. Something that I've, I found really funny about the whole the whole idea of a bamboo, of a panda mauling you, they're very cute, but they're still bears. Absolutely, and yeah. A friend of mine on Facebook recently shared just, it was just a funny video. He's like, I'm hungry. And he, he shared this this picture, or this video of a, of a panda eating bamboo. And the bamboo looks to be about as thick around as my arm. Mm -hmm. And the bamboo or the panda is biting through it like you and I would bite through a piece of raw pasta. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, like <laughs> it is of no effort whatsoever. He's just biting it like it's a, a coffee crisp chocolate bar. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, remind me to stay on the good side of any panda that I ever come across. Absolutely. Like, yeah. It's holy it's, crap. It's like hearing sto stories about gorillas that just like, toss you around like a rag doll kind of thing you're like yeah okay yeah. i want to stay on this thing's good side for sure so expect <laughs> a mauling if you touch pandas probably from the community as well as from the actual well yeah that's themselves. the other thing too yeah it's like so many people yeah. have already taken so much flack for like hurting dolphins by accident in their videos and like letting them die and yeah. stuff so yeah it's 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 pretty funny to see the community rally around the cuter mobs in the game which pandas certainly will be speaking mm. of cute things uh <laughs> i'm a big fan of cats and I, I had two cats for a long time, sadly don't anymore, but cats 
are now going to be separated from ocelots in this update. So rather than being tamed from ocelots, I don't know if it's still going to be possible to tame an ocelot, but they're going to arrive as their own mob, as stray cats, which will have nine different variants, which I thought was quite a fun touch, kind of after the nine lives of a cat, you know? Yeah, yeah. And there are, there are eight different skins that have currently been revealed, and the ninth is going to be designed based on a cat submitted by somebody from the community, which is a really neat idea. They're going to be able to immortalize somebody's cat. Um, Jeb was saying on the stream that the original tuxedo cat was, I think, his girlfriend or maybe wife's cat originally. And so, yeah, when they implemented that, they had a design like that in mind. In a similar way, if you name a rabbit Toast, if you name tag a rabbit Toast, it becomes like a different unique rabbit skin that's based on, I think, Notch's girlfriend's pet rabbit or something like that. So, oh, okay. yeah, there, there are, there are you know, instances where this has happened before and there's a bit of community interaction that goes on anyway, but somebody's cat, based on whatever submission process they decide in a few weeks' time, is going to be immortalized in Minecraft. And immediately the Hermitcraft fandom mobilized and was like, good times with Scar has a cat. She's called Jelly. She's real cute, guys. I'm telling you, she's real cute. Let's get this, uh, let's get Jelly into Minecraft. And yeah, I, I feel like I'm on board with that because uh, yeah, Jelly is a little iconic for <laughs> for good times with Scar's yeah. community. So. Yeah, I think that's really cool. And it would be awesome for someone that puts as much time into the game as Scar to have mm. an official, you know, Moyang uh, added feature that yeah reflects, absolutely you know, his his involvement I, I the only thing that I that would I, that would concern me about that is like does jelly already look like any of the other yeah that's the thing they, they, they probably want to textures. make it look a little bit unique and unique yeah. the existing models are actually slightly different if you look at the the picture of the eight cats they've already got they've got a snub-nosed one as well so they've got one that's more like a Persian cat um, oh, like there's there's actual geometry changes. I think most of them are primarily the same, but yeah, some of them might have like shorter tails and one of them definitely has like a snub face. Like it doesn't have the muzzle on the front, that like additional block that pokes out. So yeah, yeah they, they've actually got different... Now? Uh, I think there are three different cats plus the ocelots, but you, there's a ginger one, there's a tuxedo one, and then I think there's just a, like a plain color one. Um, I could be wrong about that. I haven't actually tamed a cat for a while, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm building a creeper farm soon, so I might need to. The other thing, functionally, speaking of creeper farms about cats, is that they're now going to be able to scare off phantoms. So maybe as a reaction to the fact that the player base is like, okay, Mo Yang, we need to sleep every third night now. This is getting a little bit old. Then, mm. you know, if you bring a cat along with you, it's potentially going to be able to scare off phantoms. And that could open up some stuff for some technical players too, because if you're, if you're trying to build a phantom farm... I know that there are some people that have done that, but having the control over the mob that a cat might, you know, create some predictive ability yeah. would would probably be something cool for the for the technical players. That's how my my creeper farm works. We've got cats in dark platforms, yes. and they just scare the creepers off the edges into the water stream, and that's it. It's 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 deceptively simple, but really effective. Yeah, I, I plan to build a creeper farm at some point in the near future, so I'm going to be looking into those mechanics. And yeah, being able to herd phantoms into a specific area sounds like a very useful ability if you plan to farm them. Uh, one last thing about cats, they're going to be able to hunt and bring you stuff, it seems like. And they were very cagey about exactly what kind of thing they're going to bring you. The guy hosting the panel was jokingly like, uh, what, like a diamond? Is the cat going to just dig up riches for me now? And they're like, no, no, more, more cat-like things. So... Potentially, that could mean they add mice into the game, but then I'm not certain what role the mice would fulfill. I was thinking alternatively based on the 
you know, the things we've got already. Maybe they kill chickens or rabbits. And like morning comes, you open the door and there's just like a raw chicken on the doorstep, potentially. Yeah. So yeah. Or fish. They yeah, can, or fish, know, exactly. Might, yeah. So Because that's what you feed cats now, right, is fish. Yeah, we definitely had our cats on some fish-based food, so yeah. And, and, no, but I mean in the, in the, in the game, game, in Minecraft, in the game, yes, in the game you, Yeah, it's, it's raw fish that you... <laughs> I thought you were yeah. like, that's, that's just the, the trendy food to feed cats yeah. these days. <laughs> well, and that, and that could also open up some behavioral stuff where you're like, well, wait a minute, that means that I can't have my cat near my chicken farm or my fish tank. You know, like they're, yeah. if, depending on what, how they hunt and how far they'll go, if it's just an algorithm that says like find... <laughs> find yeah, an animal yeah. within this range then you'd have to be sure that your cats are not you know wandering around yeah there's, there's no I mean, part I, of the algorithm that says no not that one <laughs> i'm not a cat person in real life i don't have any pets unfortunately my apartment building doesn't allow them uh however or actually i shouldn't say they don't allow dogs which was the pet that i would have mm -hmm. if i had one they yeah. allow cats unfortunately i'm allergic to cats so just i'm predisposed to not like them i even have like an alarm system that goes in my head when i hear the meow in minecraft in the game like it's just like no no that's a digital cat yeah but i've used a cat in lieu of putting a door on my barn i've had my storage system in a barn an open barn for quite some time most mobs don't get in because you know you can hear them coming or mm -hmm. stuff like that however i had one situation where a creeper got in and blew up the chest i mean there was oh, stuff yeah that's everywhere. that's the worst situation to have when a creeper blows up your chests I mean, it it was savable. I was there. It's not like I was AFK because I, I mean, it I would be my own fault if I was AFK in an open barn like that. But <laughs> all I did was just grab a cat, tame a cat, put the cat at the front of the barn and say, sit and don't move. Mm -hmm. And it's basically I've watched a creeper try to come into the barn and it is hilarious. So, see, the, <laughs> the creeper just has like this, like, yeah, I'm going to nope, no, no, nope, no, no. Nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope, nope, nope. And it just it just goes back and forth. So I'm curious with the upgrades to cats if there might be some potential upgraded skins for dogs, mm -hmm. like I would, you know, golden retriever, you know, uh, black lab, like yeah. having some different skins and stuff for dogs. You don't have to change their behavior. What they do is fine. They chase skeletons. They, you know, will defend you if you get attacked by uh, aggressive mobs, but having some different skins for dogs would be an excellent, um, I think, nod for some of the dog lovers that play the game. Yeah, I think I've heard a lot of people say the same thing. They're like, why are cats getting all the love now? So yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Obviously, it, it requires, you know, a bunch more skin editing and so forth. So if, if they're willing to mm -hmm. put that effort in for, for cats, then hopefully yeah. the dog lovers out there will see a similar update soon. So moving on to the thing that we discussed uh, last episode and we're kind of uh, still a little bit salty about, I think, <laughs> is the biome <laughs> vote. And uh, throughout the, the show, they were taking, uh, they took two big polls basically on Twitter. Um, and the first one was a three-way poll between Tiger, Savannah, and Desert. And then Desert kind of dropped off, lost that poll pretty badly. And then it was just down to a second vote between Tiger and Savannah, which at that point didn't really seem like it was worthwhile like it wasn't really needed because the amount of votes that went to desert would not have made up the difference between savannah and tiger tiger was the clear favorite from the beginning and it ultimately ended up winning the biome vote by i think 66 percent. so i mean it was it was a two-thirds to one-third majority for tiger so at some point we don't know if this is going to be in the holiday update or in the main update that's coming early next year we are getting foxes, berries, and campfires, or whatever else they plan to add into the tiger biome. And it's still important to note that we'll get the other updates at some point, but it's unclear when. In fact, yeah, they were pretty vague about when the updated tigers were going to happen. I'm thinking in the long term, most likely it's going to be for the village and pillage update, because 
it seems like the update that they have coming out at the holidays, they've already planned all of the features and throwing that stuff in there now, unless they've done a significant amount of development on it already, would be a bit rushed, I think. And it's mm. worth them putting in the time to make those features a little bit more fleshed out. There is still a raging debate about whether or not campfires are going to have any additional functionality, if you're going to be able to sleep by them, if they're going to be able to ward off mobs or produce a lot more light than a torch does that kind of thing but it yeah. surprised me that they were incredibly tight-lipped about whether or not any what any of the functionality of this stuff was like the the tiger won the vote they kind of got out the envelope and went yay tiger has won ticker tape falls and they go yeah no looking forward to updating it i was like tell us about the features please i i, I got a little bit frustrated at that because i was like I very I much so wanted uh, to know more and I, and I think i mean on top of just that like what you just went over there the combination of of that tight-lipped uh kind of non-response on top of a two-hour wait through the minecraft you know the, the minecon uh, earth stream to get this very very small uh window of of information yeah they were very vague on a lot of stuff uh-huh uh and i it was just like well why are you having a two-hour event to announce 20 minutes of content and then within that 20 minutes be like yeah no new stuff is coming. <laughs> it's tw 20 minutes of good intentions is, is what yeah, we are getting. No, but, I don't know, guys. I mean, I think if you're going to event, then you got to have some stuff to share. Yeah. And I'm still happy with the changes that are coming. Like, I still think that the fact that, you know, I bought Minecraft once and I don't pay for all these updates. Like, yeah, I am not complaining. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, but it's one of those things where you're just like, in terms of my time, like my time invested in 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 covering this this weekend, it was just like, really, this is all you have? Yeah. And I feel like they, I feel like something that I I hope that they pull out of, uh, what I think has been a pretty wide widely criticized, you know, um, we'll say communication effort, is that I would rather see more information coming at us more often via snapshots, small announcements. I would love for them to do more of those cute little videos the little animations that they did leading up to mm -hmm. Minecon. Yeah. Like when you've got something new for Taiga, tell us about it in a little animation. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's it it it's in the spirit of Minecraft. It's fun. It's informational. It's short. Uh, you don't have this eternal wonder of the, the community for six months while they speculate on what the crap is happening. Like <laughs> I feel like if they had a, a, a steady, a steady trickle of information would be, I think very much appreciated uh, by a, a large part of the, the Minecraft community. Yeah, to, to put a different perspective on that, though, I feel like a lot of time Mojang is so keen, almost too keen to have the feedback of the community in whatever features they announce that maybe they haven't shared too much information about this because they want to know what the community wants from that stuff straight away. Like now they've confirmed, yeah. yes, foxes are going in next. They're going to be, they're going to have some idea behind the scenes of what they want foxes to do. But then if suddenly somebody in the community says, it would really suck if foxes did such and such and everyone comes out and goes, yeah, they're like, okay, we have to completely rewrite our ideas of what we thought foxes right. were going to do. Yeah. So, no, so that's, and, that's, and that's good, yeah. yeah I, I think the other thing too is that the only other video game that I've been as invested in, I think in my quote-unquote gamer history, would be um, World of Warcraft. Mm -hmm. And I completely respect the philosophy of it's done when it's done. Yeah. Rather than releasing something early or too often or whatever and having things be mediocre, 
they were just like, nope, we'll just, we're going to wait a year before we update again or whatever it is. And yeah. then the resulting expansion for WoW ends up being way better because of the time that they took. So I can also come at it from that that perspective. Um, I I don't know. I think there's probably a danger too with, with you know, listening to the, the audience too much. Yeah, for sure. You it, know? it helps if they have their own direction for the game much as that will end up being criticized by vocal members of the community it's also sure. nice to know that they've got a a direction for it in fact the pillagers were kind of teased by jeb over a year ago so clearly they've had these things in mind for a while uh, mm -hmm. I, I saw a post on the reddit where they linked back to this post from a year ago where somebody had made a suggestion post that said hey how about pillagers they could be kind of pirate style things and jeb was the first comment on there and he said no joke, we actually have a pillager in development, just so you don't think we've gone and stolen this idea from the community. We've had this in mind for a while. It's not going to be a pirate, but you'll you'll hear about it further down the line. So we've nice. known we've known technically about pillagers for a while, but kind of seeing them yeah. put into action is is fun. The thing about the tiger stuff, just going back to campfires and berries and that kind of stuff. Personally, mm. I'm holding out hope that there's some sort of functionality behind each of them because one of the things they said in this, and I think they reinforced in the uh, the developer panel that happened later, is that they don't add anything to the game just for the sake of it. It has to improve the experience. So mm -hmm. if there are going to be campfires, they're not just going to be aesthetic things. They're not just going to do one thing. They're going yeah. to actually have some relevance to the overall feel of Minecraft. It's not just going to be like, so you can role play for campfires because not everybody wants to do that, you know? Yeah. So and I, I'm hoping and I that can't there's remember, something. I can't remember whether we mentioned this on the stream on Saturday, whether it was on the last episode of Spawn Chunk. So I apologize if I'm repeating myself, but if campfires do not spread fire, like if there's no fire tick involved, they're not going to light the trees on, around them on fire. If they operate more like a torch, and if you can move them with a silk touch pickaxe, all of a sudden that means that you could put fireplaces in your builds. You could put large ovens and stoves in buildings. Cooking pits could be builds. You could make large torch towers with with uh, burning, you know, cool looking embers and stuff in them. We can light There's, the beacons of Gondor. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude, my brain went there. Like I was yeah. right there with you for sure. And, and that that kind of thing is is something I didn't really think about at first when I when I first saw the campfire, but as we were kind of listening to the developer panel and, and kind of taking all those kind of things into account, you start to appreciate, okay, so yeah, it's not a necessarily a new block, but a new light source in the game. People will love that. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I, uh, I'm curious just from a pure speculation standpoint, since we were talking about Savannah and a, a potential new wood block coming with the, the Baobab trees, now that we know that Taiga is going to get the first update, do you think there's going to be a new block in there? Like whether it's a tree or not? Like, do you, do you think there's a potential for that? Uh, there could be. I mean, we talked on the stream about campfires burning down and leaving ashes behind, and then maybe that mm -hmm. converting the dirt below them to some sort of ash block, potentially. So that could be a thing. Like ashy dirt is even a thing in some mod packs, I think, just for kind of terrain landscaping and volcano biomes and stuff like that so that right. that has potential but i don't know I, i'm i have no idea if the scope of this update is just going to be as small as yeah we're putting in those three things we mentioned in the announcement video or yeah. we've actually got five or six things that we also plan to add to tigers or throw into the snapshots that we don't necessarily want to announce right away because it feels like we're front-loading everything and there's nothing mm -hmm. left for people to discover later it happened right. with drowned 
in and conduits in the update aquatic those weren't right. mentioned at minecon at all and then right. we got them in the snapshots and they're some of the more interesting things about the update aquatic so yeah. it interests me and to I'm, find out what they will bring in later that we just don't know yeah. about yet and i don't know enough about the development cycle about a video game in general let alone the minecraft development cycle you know obviously they think about things a lot they carefully choose the features that they add into the game mm -hmm. but if someone has a very good idea that everyone is on board with and it's late in the game beyond minecon sometime closer to the update i don't know how long that takes to implement like they could have a fantastic idea weeks before you know the the taiga update goes out and if it's something that can be done then they might do it and then that's where you get things like drowned conduits and you know things that i mean those are probably more complex ideas than i'm yeah. talking about but like something like a new you know like a new plant type or a you know or a, a even a different texture or even if it's something as simple as that we talked about before, I say simple, but something as straightforward, I guess, as taking existing vanilla blocks like cobble or um, mossy cobble or something like that and having it then, you know, redistributed in taiga biomes in some pattern or form or something like that, mm -hmm. you know, just, just enough that they can update that kind of stuff. I'm sure that there are some things where they're like, yeah, no, we can totally do that. And they just said, doing it because it, it it's something that is existing in the game to the point where it's not a lot of work to implement it but yeah again that's me completely unknowledgeable about the development cycle and the time that's involved and on the flip side of that you had people who were disappointed that what we were getting was an update to villages and not an update to caves or the nether and some people were like villages really like nobody's been asking for this but yep looking at the wider picture villages are something that hasn't changed for a very long time and terrain yeah. generation and stuff like that has changed recently. Uh, you know, if, if you consider terrain generation as a whole, we've got sort of ocean generation is obviously vastly different now. Uh, the mm -hmm. nether now has ravines. That's not necessarily like an overwhelming change, but it is a change. And it's stuff that they've got to have a really long game plan for and work on probably years in advance to change. So just because people have yeah. been kicking up a fuss about the nether and caves now doesn't mean they're going to be able to turn around and update for them in six months. That's a long, no. long time ahead yeah. if it's happening at all. So, and 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 on the developer panel, Dinnerbone did say, we've got like a kind of idea, a couple of updates ahead of what we want to do, but obviously we're focusing on developing the features for the update as well as like brainstorming what's going to be happening in future. Yeah. So that I stuff remember... is potentially a long way off. I don't remember who it was in the panel because I'm not familiar enough with the names to know. And I also um, don't remember what the name of the update is that they're referring to all the new textures that are coming. I don't uh, think there is really a name for it. It's just going to uh, be... One of the guys on the panel called it something, whether it's an official or just an internal or like what it's been to so far. Like, the, you know, like they called the... What the, they called it the flattening, you know, like with, yes. with, in terms of the changes that happened. Yeah. There's another kind of name for the texture update that's coming. Um, but like it's called like the big graphic update or something. Sure. But there was a there was a small snippet and I apologize for not being able to remember all of it. But they were basically saying like, yeah, this is a good idea we had. And then we dug into it and we realized, oh, wow, this is way harder than oh, we thought it was going to be. I, I remember what you're talking about. This is the, the, yeah. the super duper graphics pack maybe that's what, they what called it's it? called yeah they, they announced I, that at the previous minecon and it's it's a, a bedrock version of having shaders and a realistic lighting engine in minecraft oh uh, okay so I, I misunderstood what that was in reference to but what it made me think of is that if they do any kind of terrain 
changes like nether uh you know all that kind of stuff i would also imagine if they're going to change the way that you know the above world generates and stuff like that they're probably going to have that coincide with when the new textures are done like yeah. i can't imagine they're going to do one before the other i feel like if you're going to update that kind of graphic nature of the game it's all going to come in one finished polished because they go they go hand in hand like the textures in the terrain like they kind of have to mesh so I, I would imagine that that's far out for sure yeah um a couple of other things i briefly wanted to touch on i know we're running really long here <laughs> but um yeah the developer panel had a couple of other things i really wanted to touch on for a start um it was really interesting to hear from dinnerbone that minecraft has something approaching an internal law like when they develop new features for minecraft they actually have something of a story in mind that has to justify the reason for certain things existing so if you take, for example, conduits from the new Aquatic update, they feel like something that fits into the world of Minecraft technologically. There's something kind of mysterious about them. They're not just like a straight up thing that you plug into the wall. You know, you've got to surround them in Prismarine and stuff like that. It feels mystical. And there are aspects of Minecraft that like they wouldn't include something because it doesn't meet what the story is in their own minds. There's kind of a pattern to the stuff they make just so it can be consistent but that's never going to be a player-facing thing because so much of the emphasis on Minecraft is about players being able to make their own story. So they mm -hmm. do have a kind of, if, if not like a law book, like a Bible somewhere that they're referring to constantly when they're making this stuff, they have an idea of how they want things to go, a vision for things being consistent, but we're never going to hear it. And as far as I'm concerned, that is a good thing because that kind of fuels some speculation in the community. That's the kind of stuff that keeps a community healthy, keeps them thinking about which direction the game could go in and keeps them in suspense a little bit. So they're not predicting what's going to happen next based on a narrative that Mojang has in their heads. I think that's probably a good thing. I think yeah. the, the other thing that I wanted to touch on was that potentially an overhaul of minecarts is coming in future. They've wanted to do this for a while especially because the developers themselves have been heard complaining about furnace minecarts being kind of useless. I don't know if you've ever used a furnace minecart, Joel. I, 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 didn't, I didn't know they existed until precisely. I saw a video <laughs> of someone saying, look how dumb these things are. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. And I don't remember who it was. It was one of the sidecraft guys or something like that. Yeah, I, like, it I think, sort of has potential. But. I think Il Mango has revisited them recently and said, you know, here's how you could make them better. But I think Dinnerbone even said in that panel, hey, uh, furnace minecarts have this bug where they don't know which way forward is. So like if they're going in one direction, then, you know, a blink of an eye, they could be going back in the other direction and we don't know why. Like there's probably just yeah. some really obfuscated kind of gross code that they have to dig in to kind of untangle it and everything. Um, so potentially they're going to be overhauling minecarts at some point in the future. It's one of their kind of pet projects. But again, the amount of work that has to go into it means that they kind of want to make that a long game they don't want to be like it's going to be the minecart update because again to some yeah. people that's not really going to mean a whole lot so no. yeah that's potentially going to be included in future once they can untangle that kind of thing but it's one of those things that i think could really aid if they sped them up and had transport stuff with them and had the way that minecart tracks work a little bit better like if you if you addressed all of those bugs then early game before you get a light tread, it could really change transportation. Like it could really affect the way that you that you use them in the game. Yeah, and ultimately it's one of the only sort of hands-free methods of transport, which I think is still, they stick around for that and for kind of utility purposes, you know, loading stuff mm -hmm. into a furnace using hopper minecarts and things like that. There's, there's still advantages to using them, but 
it, reincorporating them for maybe their intended original use of you know player transport and stuff can can still use some tweaking so that's something to look for in the far future but not necessarily something that they uh they they thought they wanted to cover in this minecon shall we say so I think we're probably about done. I think we've covered everything. We've gone through Minecraft Dungeons. We've gone through the Villager and Pillager update. We've gone through the Biome Vote. We've gone through all of the stuff that's going to be coming around the holidays, pandas and bamboo and stuff like that. There's so much info here, Joel. It's, it's surprising that even though we waited ages and we thought we got like a fairly short announcement, there's still so much we can speculate about from these features and so much, even with the limited amount of information we have that we can get like, you know, an hour and 15 minutes worth of discussion out of this so far. Just, <laughs> it, it really gives me hope that yeah. things are actually better than we thought they were at first. You know, it seemed a little small and then we're like, you know, yeah, there's, there's, there's a fair amount to talk about here. So we would love to yeah. hear what you guys at home think about this stuff. So please do send us an email. Uh, there is no chunk mail this week. Uh, there's too much other stuff we've had to talk about. As you can tell, we've already gone pretty far over time. But we suspect you might have something to email us about this week, not just because of the Minecon news, but because if all goes to plan, Wells Knight will be joining us for episode 10 to talk about his experiences with Minecraft, being a dedicated builder, maintaining a full-time YouTube channel, and what it's like to be part of a household name Minecraft server like Hermitcraft. Uh, we wanted to get a guest in for episode 10. We're celebrating going into double digits. We've been doing the podcast for over two months now, and we're really excited that Wells has agreed to join us. Hopefully, yeah, if all goes well and everything kind of comes together timing-wise, we should be able to have him on for basically the full show next week talking about that stuff. So send us your emails, guys. Tweet us. Let us know what you want us to ask Wells Knight. We'll be kind of picking out a few questions from the community and curating them and uh, seeing what Wells gives us as answers. Of course, if you're not familiar with who Wells Knight is, you can find him at youtube.com slash wellsknightgaming, twitter.com slash wellsknightplays, and his Twitch is twitch.tv slash wellsknight, W-E-L-S-K-N-I-G-H-T in all cases. Also, in lieu of chunk mail, uh, we also want to thank everybody who came out to watch our Minecon Earth stream. It was fantastic to have so many people in the chat. And, you know, that was probably record stream attendance for me as far as just a regular stream went. And obviously it was kind of a one-time event, but we might potentially see our way to doing some stuff in future. I think next year, maybe we will try and skip over some of the more, I don't know, recreational mini game playing that happens in Minecon, but potentially we'll be back in for the announcements looking, looking ahead to the future of this podcast. <laughs> we'll be on like, we'll be in episode like 50 something at that point if we carry on doing this weekly. Wow. Yeah, I think so. And I think I agree. I think maybe even coming to them later, because a lot of the panels and stuff were released just after the live stream as yeah. their own little separate YouTube clips. And I think that might be a better way. You can still watch them and experience them yourself live for the first time uh, and chat with the chat room, but without having to watch the full two hour two hour mm -hmm. stream. And and you never know. You, you we you know, we couldn't you know, we could look at the schedule for Minecon Earth next year and maybe it's only forty five minutes, at which point we go, Oh, okay, <laughs> this this could be more information than than um than showcase, you know? For sure. Yeah. But that's gonna wrap it up for another episode 
of the Spawn Chunks. You can find more information about the show and links to some of the things we've talked about today at thespawnchunks.com. And let's be honest, most of it is probably at minecraft.net as well, but you can find the podcast at our site. The music for the show was composed by me, and the Spawn Chunks is proud to be a listener-supported podcast. With your help, we can continue to produce, evolve, and expand the show. Visit patreon.com slash thespawnchunks to join the community, where pledging at any level will get you an invite to our patrons-only Discord channel. We currently have 13 patrons, which puts us just $5 away from our first goal of $25 per episode, where we're going to introduce a new role into our uh, Discord community, just to kind of separate out the people who we want to, to love and cherish for donating their money to us every week. And I have to say that the chat in the Discord uh, shortly after the live stream this weekend was fantastic. It was really cool to have a close-knit community of people that have been talking with each other for a month or so dive into the new features that were announced, springboard some ideas. I think that's where I got the idea for uh, new trades, you know, like mm -hmm. and, and buying stuff that was worthwhile was probably something that I read in, in the Discord. I don't remember who said it, but there's been... Um, there was also someone re, um, brought in a, a Reddit post where the name for or one of the names being tossed around by the community for the illager beast is the is the is the wildebeest wildebeest yes wildebeest, I, I, I love that I so much clever. i think it's very really very good. clever yeah. it does yeah. seem like something the they want a, uh, a name from the community for as well so yeah it could, could be and that's the kind of thing that the resources that the discord community brings uh, but one of the other ways that you can support the show is just as easy as poking a friend in the arm and saying hey this was really fun you should listen to it too you can spread the word on social media it is just the spawn chunks across any places like Twitter and Instagram. And you can also use the hashtag Spawn Chunks when you go and share your favorite episode or your favorite moment from the show. And hey, why not use the hashtag Minecraft and podcast at the same time? You can contact the show at thespawnchunks at gmail.com. Let us know what you want to talk to Wells Knight about. Let us know what you think about the new updates that are announced at Minecon Earth. And uh, that's it. I think we, uh, we're we on all the different channels where you can find most podcasts. iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Don't forget to check out the RSS feed on Patreon as well. As the goals roll forward, there might be some special content coming to that RSS feed. So keep your eyes peeled. My name has been Pixel Riffs, and you can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash pixelriffs, where I have a Minecraft survival guide series for beginners, a multiplayer Let's Play series called Decidedly Vanilla, and I also uploaded the video VOD uh, from Twitch to YouTube, so you guys can see the entirety of us commentating the Minecon livestream if you want to check that out in case you missed it. I'm also the voice for the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search, and today or tomorrow we are about to hit 100 thousand subscribers and i'm so proud of that little channel and how far it's come so thank you guys so much for your support on that show i also stream three days a week on twitch where these days i'm mostly working on larger minecraft projects for my youtube series but i play other games from time to time aside from that i'm at pixel riffs on both twitter and instagram joel what are your links you can find everything I am up to online, including my illustration and design portfolio at joelduggan.com. If you don't see something that you like, just go ahead and email me. Chances are I do that kind of work. It's just my portfolio is so broad I can't fit all of it online. If you're interested in hiring me, just drop me a line via the website. If you like this podcast, you may also like the Sizzle Cafe, a podcast about sci-fi and geeky entertainment, as well as comics coast to coast, where myself, Brian Dunaway, and Matthew Ducharme interview comic creators, illustrators, and animators. Beyond that, it's just my name on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram, and I have a new stream replay going up on YouTube later on today. Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite, but soon we will all learn to beware the Wildebeest. Beast. <laughs>